listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I asked the question on Instagram, how would you know if someone has faith? And this broadcast, I'm going to answer that question. This is proof your faith is real. I'm going to give you seven things from the Bible today that are actions of faith, that are results of faith. And when you ask the question, how do I know if someone's faith is real? How do I know if my faith is real? This is proof your faith is real. Um, you know, it's like the book of James says, you know, faith without works is dead. Good morning, Maria. Faith without works is dead. So what does it look like when faith is active? What does it look like when faith is real versus when somebody just says they have faith in God? You know, talk is cheap as it's been said for many years. Talk is cheap. And so it's not about just saying, you know, I have faith, I'm on fire for God, I believe, you know, what is the proof that your faith is real and that your faith is in action, is in action. So seven things today that I want to give you from the word of God, I want you to um, capture this. I want you to write it down. I want you to take notes. I want you to help me by putting it in the comments. And I want you to help me by sharing this broadcast this morning on social media. And uh, as you're jumping on, help me out. So The first thing I want to talk about that is true proof. I mean, this is like, and it's one of the things you're going to have to, it's one of the bridges that you're going to have to cross right at the beginning of faith. And that is this, number one, put it in your notes, put it in the comments. Number one, faith rests. Faith rests. That is such a powerful benefit of active faith. Such a powerful reward of active faith. Faith rests. So what do you mean by that? Faith is not in turmoil. Faith is not in worry. Faith is not up all night and can't sleep. Faith rests. It's one of the benefits of active faith. But you know what it is? It's not just that faith rests when everything's great and when the manifestation has come and God has moved on your behalf, and you've seen miracles, faith rests even when in the natural things look rough or rocky. Faith rests anyway. Faith has a supernatural rest attached to it. It's a powerful thing. Faith has a supernatural rest attached to it. And uh, I want to read uh, something to you from Hebrews chapter uh, 4, I should say, verses 1 through 3. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. The Bible says, Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them. And when it says to them, it's speaking about the children of Israel in the Old Testament, 
that were going to enter the promised land, which was their rest. But we have a promised land coming that is our rest. It says the good news came to us just as to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them. Why? Because they were not united by faith with those who listen. Verse 3, for we who have believed enter that rest. As he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Speaking of the Old Testament children of Israel who doubted, right? They could not enter the promised land because they doubted. They believed the evil report of the 10 spies who said it's not possible to defeat the giants and it's not possible to overtake the fortified cities. And so because they believed that evil report, what happened to them? They had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. A journey that should have taken 11 days, according to Deuteronomy chapter 1, took 40 years. They should have been able to enter into their rest in 11 days, and they spent 40 years wandering the wilderness until what happened? Till that whole generation died in the wilderness and, and went on. And it was the next generation that had to ra- ra- uh, rise up to go into the promise, right? Moses died. Joshua led them into the promise. Because why? God said in his wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Who were they? Those were the ones who doubted his word and acted in disbelief or unbelief. What happened to them? It kept them from entering into his rest and into his promise because they doubted his word. Lack of faith, no rest. I want you to put that in the comments. Lack of faith equals no rest. So third verse of Hebrews 4, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Interesting. They shall not enter my rest. Keep on going. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. So it means, it doesn't mean, so the rest was not ready. No, the rest was ready, prepared. It's been established. It's just that they couldn't enter into it. They couldn't access his rest because of a lack of faith. Active faith rests and enters into his rest. Question, how can you have a peace that goes beyond natural understanding? And that's a promise for us, by the way, that we will have peace that passes or goes beyond natural human understanding. How is that possible? Because when people look at you, when things are going on all around you, when things are happening, there's attacks, the world looks like it's in a mess, you are in perfect rest, perfect peace. And people sit there and look at you and wonder, how in the world do you have so much peace? You know why? It passes their understanding. It goes beyond their human understanding. And that's what the Bible promises. You as a child of God will have a peace that exceeds human understanding. It'll confuse people. 
<laughs> People will say stuff to you. You should be more worried about this. It's like, I'm not. I'm not. <clears throat> Do you realize our country could be on the brink of war? You should be more worried about this. I'm not. I saw a thing yesterday that they're fast-tracking um, uh, military men to go in and, and putting them as recruiters now, giving them uh, the automatic rank as sergeant. And when it all takes place, they'll have the automatic rank of staff sergeant, putting all these recruiters out because they're saying behind the scenes it's a, latch, a last-ditch effort to not have to do a draft for our military if there was a war to come or whatever. People say, you should be more worried. I'm not more worried. That's how people think. They will chastise you because you're not more worried about what's going on in the news, what's going on in the world. I'm not more worried, and I'm not going to get more worried. I have a perfect peace. I have a peace that goes beyond natural understanding. I'm not worried, and I'm not going to be more worried. So you can, you can get over it. I'm, I'm, not gonna, I'm not getting on your level of worry. I'm not getting on your level of fear. I'm not worried because faith in God has a perfect peace and rest attached to it. And that's what we're going to have. If your faith is active, if your faith is real, it will produce a rest for you. It'll produce rest for you. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Do you know why that you can go to the zoo and stand in front of the lion's uh, paddocks or the tiger's paddocks and stand there and look at a lion that could kill you in seconds and feel no fear and feel no trepidation. You're not nervous. You stand there and look at that lion. It, it could be three feet away from you, but you are not nervous. You know why you're not nervous? Because you have faith in those bars of the paddock. <laughs> you have faith in that cage. Because let me tell you, if you didn't have faith in that cage, you wouldn't even be there. You'd be running. One roar from that lion, you're done. You can stand three feet away and look that lion in the eyes and not feel any fear, not feel any nervousness because you have faith in those bars of that paddock. Think about that. That's trust in that system that you have no danger coming to you. Hallelujah. You've got no danger coming to you. Though you're close to something dangerous, that, let that get in your heart today. Though I might be close in proximity to something dangerous, I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. And the reason I can stand in front of a lion's cage knowing that it's a man-eater, it could tear me up, is because I've got faith in those bars. And my faith produces a rest, a rest that I would not have if I was in the wild and saw that lion. If that lion was just roaming through the zoo and just walked up on me. No, I've got a faith in the thing that keeps danger from coming to me. And in our life, that's the power of the Holy Ghost. That's the Lord God Almighty who stands between us and every attack of the devil. Hallelujah. And because we have that and faith in him, it produces a rest. You can lay your head on the pillow at night and go straight to sleep and know he's taking care of you. He's watching over you. Perfect peace, perfect rest. And faith, now we know this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the more of God's word you hear, 
the more faith is built in your heart. And when faith is built in your heart, a, a rest comes into your heart. A rest comes into your spirit. This is what, and I've, I've explained this multiple times before, this is what happened for uh, the Apostle Peter, if you don't know the story. This is exactly what happened for the Apostle Peter. Though he should have been freaking out, he was not freaking out. Should have been, because they were going to execute him. That was the plan. But Jesus had given him a word. In John 21, John chapter 21, listen to this. Jesus said in the 18th verse, John 21, 18, truly, truly, I say to you, speaking to Peter, when you were young, Peter, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said, verse 19, to show by what kind of death he, that is Peter, was to glorify God. So now, just a short time later, Peter's still a young man, but he's arrested in Acts chapter 12, put into prison. After they executed James, and that pleased the Jews, then they took Peter, put him in a jail cell with plans to execute him next and please the Jews further. And Peter was between two guards. And that night as the church prayed, an angel came and said, but why wasn't Peter awake? Why was he in a deep sleep? You'd think the night before your execution, you'd be up all night praying. Why was Peter in a deep sleep? It's because he already had a word from Christ. That word produced faith. That word produced rest. Hallelujah. It produced faith and it produced rest. Peter could sleep soundly the night before his scheduled execution. Went right to bed. Between two guards, he went right to sleep. He was sleeping so deeply, the angel had to strike him on the shoulder to wake him up. Why? He had a word from Christ. What did that word do for Peter? It put a faith in his spirit and it gave him a rest. Glory to God. That's how you get a rest from God. Yeah, I can't sleep. I'm just, I'm always working. Get a word. Get a word in your spirit. And that word gives you faith and that faith gives you rest. Active faith produces rest. Hallelujah. Active faith produces rest. I'm telling you, you're going to rest like you've not rested in your entire life. Even if things were attacking your mind, even if things were coming against your peace, get ready. You're going to step into a rest during this time of fasting and prayer that's going to stay with you forever in Jesus' mighty name. It's going to stay with you forever in Jesus' mighty name. Active faith produces rest. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Number two, active faith. Is your faith real? How would you know if it's real? Because faith speaks. Faith doesn't just rest. Number two, faith speaks. You know what somebody believes by what they say. You know, you know, 
You've been around people that said they had faith, then you heard them talk. <laughs> and you were like, yeah, it's not the same kind of faith I got. <laughs> I've been around people that are supposed to be faith people. Then I hear them speak and I'm like, eh, I'd never say that. I'd never say the things you're saying right now. I'd never let any of that stuff come out of my mouth. And that's not being an elitist. That's just saying, I allow my words to be filtered by God's word. I hear some people talk, and I'm like, dude, I would never say that. I'd never let that come out of my mouth, ever. My words, that's why the uh, psalmist wrote, Lord, set a watch at my mouth. Set a watch at my mouth. I'm not going to allow anything, just anything to come out of my mouth. My words need to be aligned with God's word. Let me tell you, God's not pleased for all these people that think it's not a big deal. You know, if you speak faith or not, you know, people get all big and on that, you know, speaking faith and correcting your confession, all that stuff. It's not that big of a deal for those that don't think it's that big of a deal. Let me just take you back to point number one, where the Bible says, because they came back and said something that contradicted God's word. They could not enter into their promise. They could not enter into their rest. And they wandered for 40 years. Why? It's, it's because they said and then believed something that was contradictory to what God already said. God was so, notice what it, the Bible says it did in, in Hebrews chapter 4. We just read it. What did that provoke? God's wrath. God's wrath. He said, so in my wrath... I, I vowed they would not enter into my rest. And they didn't. They wandered 40 years and died in the wilderness. So for people that don't think it's a big deal to guard your confession and what you say and have your words aligned with God's word, just remember that the Old Testament people of God did not guard their confession and only 10 of them came back and contradicted God's promise and God's word and it provoked God's wrath and kept all of the nation of Israel from entering into his promise and they died outside of his promise. I refuse to die without seeing God's promise come to pass. I refuse to die without seeing the manifestations of God's word come to pass in my family, in my life, in my children, in my grandchildren if Jesus tarries. I refuse to say what God's word doesn't say because faith, active faith speaks. What does it say? It says what God's word says. You'll never hear this preacher ever say like, oh man, I don't know. I think I'm coming down with something. You'll never hear me talk like that. It's, it's mind blowing to hear people, faith people talk like that. Well, I, I, brother, I think I'm coming down with something. I think you know, I, you're not going to hear me say that. You're going to hear me say, I'm healed. You know what you're going to hear me say? I got resurrection life and power flowing through this body. You know what you're going to hear me say? My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And right now, resurrection power is flowing through all my organs. It's flowing through my bloodstream. It's flowing through my skin. It's flowing through my bones. It's flowing through my joints. It's flowing through my brain. And right now, I'm being quickened. I'm being strengthened. I'm being empowered by the same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead that now dwells in my body. That's the kind of stuff I say. That's the kind of stuff you say. I'm going to go, I think I'm coming down. <laughs> Them coming down with something, brother. No. Never, you never hear me say that stuff. That's foolishness. 
Why would I contradict God's word when he said by his stripes, I was healed? I'm not going to be. I already was. So if I was, then I am. And if I am, then I'm not coming down with something. That's right, Vicky. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it will eat the fruits thereof. I'm not eating the fruits of death that came out of my mouth like the people in the Old Testament did. They ate the fruits of death. Death came out of their mouth and they died in the wilderness and they didn't enter the rest. I'm entering into the rest. I'm staying in the rest because I'm saying what God said. Hallelujah. I'm remaining in my rest because I'm saying what God said. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just telling you right now. I refuse to contradict the almighty God. <laughs> Put that in the comments. Refuse to contradict the almighty God. Wow. God's touching Beverly. She put in the comments, no diabetic medication in 10 days. She hasn't had diabetic medication in 10 days. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Put it in the comments. Refuse to contradict the almighty God. Not doing it. I'm not doing it. Others can do it. I'm not doing it. I will say what God says. Why? His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to synchronize this mind with his mind. I've got the mind of Christ. I'm going to synchronize these words with his words because his words are power. Jesus said in John 6, 63, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Spiritual life. Come on, man. Spiritual life, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, they are life. Thank you, Jesus. And so, number two, faith speaks. I, I read this verse last night. I stay on this. I stay on this. Paul wrote it in 2 Corinthians 4.13. We have the same spirit of faith as it is written, we believe, therefore we speak. We also believe... Therefore, we also speak. See, he's quoting a, a, a verse of scripture. He says, as it is written, we believe, therefore we speak. Then he speaks of himself and the others. We also believe, therefore we also speak, just like it's written. So what are we speaking? What's written? <laughs> We're speaking what's written. Glory to God. There's a, there's a verse that I want to share with you. And um, I just need to find the reference. So you can put it in your notes. First Corinthians chapter four. I like this a lot. First Corinthians chapter four. This will help you immensely. I'm gonna read you one verse. Maybe, maybe more. We'll see. Let's read 1 Corinthians 4, 6. Paul writes, I have applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers, 
that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one against another. You see that? That why, why did he do that? So that they would not go beyond what is written. That's me, that's you. I will not go beyond what is written. I will not go beyond what is written. What's in the word? What's in the word? I refuse to go beyond what's written. Did God say it? No. Then why am I saying it? See, when you say things God didn't say, you start to go beyond what's written. When you start to do what God never called you to do, you go beyond what's written. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not talking about things that you can find the principles of in God's word. I'm talking about when you start contradicting God. Did he say it? Is it written in the book? No. Then why are you saying it? Why am I saying it? I won't contradict him. I'm not going beyond what's written. The word, think, about, think about it this way, and I want you to write it in your notes this way. The word of God is a boundary line. It's a boundary line. I'm staying within the boundaries of God's word. The word of God is a boundary line all around my life. <clears throat> I'm staying within the boundaries of God's word. I'm not going beyond what is written. Hallelujah. That's why you're never going to come to any of our services at Miracle Word Church. You'll never come to any of my revivals when I'm on the road in this country, another country, and find me looking for gold dust. You're never going to find me looking for gold dust. You're never going to find me looking for gems. I think there's gems appearing in the sanctuary. You're never going to find me looking for feathers falling from the ceiling. I think there's feathers. I saw a feather on somebody's shoulder. The Holy Ghost is here, folks. No. Jesus never did that. The apostles never did that. The early church never did that. Why am I going beyond what's written? Why do I care about that stuff that's nonsense? It's total nonsense. I don't think it's real. What's the point? See, here, here's what happens. People get in looking for all these different manifestations because they've gotten bored with the things that God actually does. Why are you not excited about people getting saved? Why are you not excited about getting baptized in the Holy Ghost or healed or delivered from addictions or restored in their families or whatever it might be? The things we actually see happening in the church. Why aren't people excited about those things? Why do they have to seek after other things? And I'm not saying God can't do miracles and things take place that are absolutely ma magnificent, but remember something. When God moves... It has redemptive value. What's the redemptive value? That means that God always does something to bring people to Christ. I've seen guys get up there and, and, and by a word, read somebody's bank card number off to them. Yeah, this, is, this is your bank card number, 4601. And he's like, okay, so what's the redemptive value of that? Because after you just did that, what is it, a show of power? Nobody got saved after they did that. Nobody got healed. Nobody got delivered. So what's the point? What is the point? There's stuff that's happening, and you're sitting there wondering to yourself, where's the redemptive value? See, let me give you an example of what redemptive value looks like when God does manifest his presence. The Bible says in the Gospel of John chapter 2, many believed on Jesus' name when they saw the miracles which he did. 
John chapter 2. Many believed on Jesus' name when they saw the miracles which he did. That means as he manifested his healing power, it brought people to Christ. It changed people's lives. And healing itself is one of the redemptive acts that Christ gave us on the cross. Look with me at Acts chapter 8, where Peter, or excuse me, where Philip goes to Samaria. Look what happens in Samaria by these same manifestations. The Bible says in Acts 8, 6, and the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip. Why did they pay attention to Philip's preaching and teaching? When they heard him and saw the signs that he did, unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed, so there was much joy in the city. So what happened? It caused a city of people to be saved, and Peter and John came from Jerusalem, laid their hands on them, got them baptized in the Holy Ghost. But the question is, why did they listen to his preaching and teaching? Why did they give their hearts to Christ? It's because they saw the signs and the wonders that he did. What signs and wonders did he do? He cast out demons. He healed the sick. These are things Jesus did. These are things the apostles did. These are things the early church did. I'm not going beyond what's written. I'm not believing for God of manifestations of gold dust. I don't need manifestations of supernatural weight loss where your pants fall off because 50 pounds just dropped off of you. Where's that in the Bible? The Bible says if you're given to much eating and food controls your life, put a knife to your throat. That's what the Bible says. Control yourself. That's what the Bible says. Not believe for supernatural weight loss where in one moment at the altar, God drops 100 pounds off of you and your dress looks like a tent on you after that moment because God did a supernatural weight loss. Don't go beyond what's written. And that should especially apply to what we say. I'm not going to say what's not written. Because faith speaks. But what does faith say? Faith says what God says. Number three, faith thanks God. Ahead of time. Faith gives thanks. Faith gives thanks. Thanksgiving to God is a sign of faith. Well, anybody can thank God after the miracle has happened. <laughs> anybody can thank God after it's all finished. I'm talking about faith thanks God before the miracle has come to pass. Faith thanks God before the miracle has come to pass. That's what faith does. Thank you, Jesus. That is what faith does. Let me show you something. When Jesus cleansed 10 lepers, you remember this? The Bible says that one of them returned to give him thanks. Had the miracle happened yet? Well, the Bible says, Luke 17, the Bible says, um, as they went, they were cleansed, but the miracle couldn't fully take place until what happened? The, that's why Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. Because under the law of Moses, it was the priest who had to declare you clean. You were not clean unless the priest declared you clean. And then look at this. One of them returned to give Jesus thanks before he saw the priest, before that thing was completed. And the Bible says, he said, were there not 10 cleansed? Where are the nine? No one was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise, go your way, for your faith has made you whole. 
One translation, your faith has saved you. One, your faith has made you well. Glory to God. Every scholar that I've read on this says and agrees, this man received an additional benefit that the other nine didn't get. Why? He added thanksgiving to the rest of his miracle. And his thanksgiving provoked Christ to release something else. Do you know, faith begins to thank God before it sees an answer. Do you know why? Because Mark chapter 11, verses 23 and 24, the Bible says that we believe we receive when we pray. We believe we receive when we pray. Not after we get it, when we pray. So if we believe we received it from God already, though our eyes haven't seen it, what should we do? Thank God for what he's done. Hallelujah. We should thank God for what he's done. When do we believe we receive? When we pray. Glory to God. And if we believe we receive when we pray, then we ought to thank God ahead of time because he's already done it in the unseen realm and now it's going to manifest in the seen realm. Thank you, Jesus. Faith gives thanks. There's no question about it. Faith gives thanks. Glory to God. Love you, Pastor Jeremy. It's good to see you. Looking forward to seeing you. Number four, write it with me. Faith gives praise. And I'm going to tell you something. Faith praises God. Now, there's a difference between thanksgiving and praise. But praise unlocks something when you begin to do it. Faith begins to praise and praise provokes God's power. Praise provokes God's power. I love that. It provokes God's power. Um, Psalm 67 verses 5, 6, and 7. Psalm 67, verses 5, 6, and 7. The Bible says, Let all the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. It says it twice. The earth has yielded its increase. Look at this. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the earth, ends of the earth fear him. So look at that. They're still waiting on a blessing from God. But what's the command? Let all the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Why? Because they understand as they praise him, God shall bless us. God shall bless us. God is provoked by praise. There's no question about it. There's no question about it. I was thinking of Mark chapter 10 of the story of blind Bartimaeus who began to praise Jesus as he left the city of Jericho. And as he left the city of Jericho, though there may have been many people who needed miracles, Jesus didn't stop to heal any of them, but Bartimaeus cried out with a loud voice, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. What were the other people saying? Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Jesus of Nazareth, using his natural earthly name. I've preached this many times. But that did not provoke him to stop, did not provoke his power until one man started to cry out 
and call his messianic name. Jesus, son of David. You know what that means? Jesus, Messiah. Jesus, anointed one. Jesus, son of God. Jesus, miracle worker. And the moment that he started crying out, Jesus, son of David. The Bible says Jesus stopped, turned, and said, bring him to me. I've often told people, I believe this is the quickest picture in the New Testament, especially in the Gospels here, of Psalm 22 and verse 3 being fulfilled, where the Bible says God inhabits the praises of Israel. It was impossible for Jesus to turn and leave while that man was praising him. He had to inhabit, dwell in that man's praise. And when he said, bring him to me, it brought, notice how this worked. It brought Bartimaeus right into the direct presence of Christ. Bartimaeus' praise brought him into the direct presence of Jesus Christ. And then look at this. Jesus says to him, what would you have me to do for you? Oh man. Bartimaeus' praise produced a blank check from heaven. Let that sink into your spirit. His praise and his understanding of who Christ was produced a blank check from heaven. Jesus asked him plainly, what do you want me to do for you? You think Jesus couldn't tell he was blind? He could tell he was blind. I don't even know how he got over there unless he was led by the hand. He knew that he was blind. So couldn't Jesus have said, oh, I see you're blind. You need your eyes to be open, be healed. No. He said, tell me what you want. You've praised me. You've recognized my identity. You know who I am. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you want. And he said, Lord, I want to receive my sight. Boom. (laughs) Received his sight. Why? Because praise is a sign of your faith in God. I wouldn't praise a God I didn't have faith in. Let me say that again. I would not praise a God that I didn't have faith in. You'll not ever hear me praising Allah. (laughs) You'll never hear me praising Vishnu, Krishna, Buddha. You'll never hear me praising other gods. I don't have, I'd have no faith in those gods. I would never praise a God I didn't have faith in. Praise is an action of faith. And if your faith is real, one of the proofs of your faith is praise. Obviously, Scott, I believe that Jesus would have given him anything he asked for. Any, that's why Jesus said, tell me what you want me to do for you. What would you have me to do for you? What is it that you want? I believe Jesus would have given him anything he asked for. Whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe you receive it, you shall have it. That's Jesus' words. Whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe you receive it and you shall have it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Your faith is real, so prove it by praising God. 
And watch what that'll produce. As you start praising God, it provokes his presence. Shane said, all those fake gods, when you see the statues, are ugly. (laughs) Why are you so ugly, Buddha? Faith praises God and praise provokes his power. I wrote an entire book on this called Unhang Your Harp, how praise opens the door to every blessing God has prepared for you. It's called Unhang Your Harp. It's now, it's, it, you can get it in shop.miracleword.com. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle now, right? It's available on Kindle and Apple Books. Yep. Unhang Your Harp. How praise, 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 praise opens the door to every blessing God has set aside for you. Opens the door to everything. Deliverance, blessing, healing. I mean, everything. I show you in the book how. Praise the Lord. So proof that your faith is real is praise. That's one of them. That's number four. Number five, listen to this now. This is an important one. This is an important one. Faith advances. I want you to put that down. Faith advances. Faith advances. I'll say it in a a more descriptive way. Faith takes steps to move forward. Faith takes steps to move forward. Faith is not waiting for somebody else to move them forward. Faith takes steps to move forward. It's got a word from God believes the word from God, and then takes active, practical steps to move forward. It's an act of faith. Hallelujah. I was just thinking about this yesterday, like the way that the Holy Spirit has led uh, me and Carolyn is that as we've obeyed him, he's asked us to take active steps to move forward. And oftentimes moved us around from where we are to where he wants us to be. Carolyn was actually living down here in South Florida. And the Lord gave her a word to move to Virginia. I was living in West Virginia. The Lord gave me a word to move to Virginia. We both obeyed that word. And then as God spoke to us, we didn't even know why. God gave us a word to, after we started our ministry, we'd been traveling for about six years full time after I left being on staff at the church for seven years. And the Lord gave us this word to move forward again and and move our family to Florida. That was a move forward. Obviously, a more expensive location. Didn't make sense as an evangelist. I didn't know why we were coming here other than the Lord said to, but the Lord was moving us forward. So he had us make a move in advance, advance to a higher level of faith. Let me tell you, it took a higher level of faith to make that move. And then... I see the end of it, the things that God uh, began to do through that. He brought us to Florida in um, 2017. And then as we came here, put us a house in a wonderful part of town, the part she prayed for, God opened it up. And then God made it happen that he put us into a house that we own now before the housing bubble Hit Florida. Look at how God asks you to advance by faith. And then he's got things planned 
things behind the scenes that he's going to do to bless you because you advanced. And so God put us in the state first, got us here, and then put us into a location. And then all of a sudden, the, the bubble hit and the, the, the value of houses, our, the value of our house doubled in the last three years. Doubled. If we'd have not advanced because, well, I don't know, that's not, you know, it's, there's not really a reason to go there. It's a little far away from family and I don't know. It's, there's not a reason to be there as an evangelist and that's the very tip of the south part of Florida and I, don't, I just don't, I don't think it'd be convenient. There'll always be a reason to not obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. There'll always be a reason in your natural mind. There'll never be a convenient time to obey the voice of the Holy Ghost. That's why I have so much respect for the people that have just answered the voice of God and sold their houses and moved to South Florida because the Lord told them to, to be a part of Miracle Word Church. I have the utmost respect and honor for the families that have done that and are doing that because I understand it happened to me. I understand the level of faith it takes to just obey a word from God. And though even in moments when you're like, I don't know why, I just know it in my spirit. I don't know why. It's just a command from God. I know the level of faith that takes. That's why I have such high respect and high honor for the families that have done that to be a part of Miracle Word Church. You're advancing by your faith. You're advancing by your faith. Can I tell you, there were people, now you might, you may not believe this. I've seen everything under the sun at this point, so I, I can believe it. There are people that felt in their spirit to move here to be a part of the church and people actually told them to their face, you're making a big mistake to do that. Let alone the fact the Holy Ghost told them. Let me just, let me just give you um, a, a, a little side note here. I have never told one person, not one in my travels anywhere, I've never told one person to move to Florida to be a part of our church. I don't do that. I'm not the Holy Ghost. I'm not the Holy Ghost. I've never told one person to sell their house and move and be a part of our church, ever. And I never will. I never will. I'm not the Holy Spirit. But God spoke to people, and a bunch of them are already here, and more are coming. And Leslie's driving right now from New York to Florida, and others are coming. But understand something. People came straight to their face, some of the people that moved here, and said to them, forget the fact God spoke to the people to do it, not me, God, and came to their face and said, you're making a mistake to move there. You're making a mistake to go to that place. It's going to harm you. It's going to harm your family. It's going to harm your children. It's going to harm your relationship with your wife. It's going to harm your relationship with your parents. It's going to cause your parents not to serve God. It's going to, I mean, say all these things. And I'm not talking about sinners. I'm talking about Christians said this to them. Christians said this to them. Foolishness. Absolute foolishness. It's going to harm you. You're going to go backwards. You're going to financially fail. I mean, all these words of doubt and unbelief and stupidity. People that are supposed to be faith people, Holy Ghost people, said this to the people that God told to come. Stupid. That's straight up stupidity. You say, why is it stupidity? Number one, it goes against God's word. It goes against God's word. 
You don't tell the child of God that's operating in faith that you're going backwards and you're going to fail and your family's going to be destroyed and you're going to fail financially. That's stupid. That contradicts God's word. Let me tell you why. Let me just give you this quickly because I'm feeling the fire of it and I'm trying to keep the voice at a, a good decibel level so that everybody that's wearing headphones doesn't go through the roof in about two seconds. Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked but or, or stands in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season. Its leaves will not wither. And in all that he does, he prospers. He prospers. He prospers. That's a she too. He and she prospers when they delight themselves in the laws of the Lord. That's not the only place in the Bible that says this stuff. Job 36 and verse 11, if they listen and serve him, they'll complete their days in prosperity and their years in pleasantness or pleasures, one translation says. Job 36, 11. Job 36, 11. Let me read it again. If they listen and serve him, these people are listening to the voice of the Holy Ghost and serving God with their obedience. What happens to people like that? They'll complete their days in prosperity. They'll complete their years in pleasures. Why? They obeyed the Lord. Matthew 6.33. Let me go there for a moment. Matthew 6.33. What does the Bible say? What did Jesus say? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. <clears throat> Isaiah 1. What does Isaiah 1 say? Let's go back there and read it. It's not like I'm cherry-picking one verse from the Bible. Isaiah 1 and verse number 19. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. If you're willing and obedient, it's not that just people were, I'm willing to move if, if the Lord tells you. No, they're not only willing, they sold their homes, they packed their stuff, they got a truck, and they came because God said, and for no other reason than God said. Not because a job opportunity opened up, because God said. They're not only willing, they're obedient. And as a result, they'll eat the good of the land. Listen to me, Miracle Word Church. Listen to me, Victory Tribe. You're going to eat the good of the land. All these things are going to be added unto you. You'll complete your days in prosperity and your years in pleasures. No good thing will God withhold from those that walk uprightly. And one of the things uh, uh, that includes walking uprightly is obeying the leading of the voice of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And so faith advances. It moves forward. Faith takes active steps to move forward. Hallelujah. Faith takes active steps to move forward. People have already taken active steps and we're still taking active steps to move forward. Faith doesn't sit. Faith's not the lazy river at the water park where you just sit and let God just carry you through the... No. Faith takes active steps to move forward. Faith takes active steps. You won't even recognize yourself in 12 months. You'll look back how much God did in 12 months. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed at the goodness of God manifesting in your life, manifesting in your family, manifesting in your business, what you set your hands to do. You'll prosper. 
you'll prosper. The, the faithful, the diligent, the dedicated prosper. They don't go backwards. I can't believe. I just can't believe that kind of stuff. You're going to fail. You're going to decrease. Your family will be destroyed. Foolishness. Straight up foolishness. It's like they're not even in the kingdom of God. I'm not kidding you. People that talk like that, it's like, are you even in the kingdom? Do you own a Bible? Do you know how God works? Do you understand the function of heaven? Because you're leading me to believe by the way you're speaking that you have no idea the character nature of God, how he functions, how he works, how favor works, how blessing works, how the word works, how the kingdom works. Faith advances. Second Chronicles 20, the Bible said three armies gathered together to destroy God's people. Three opposing armies decided to ally together to destroy God's people. God said, tomorrow, I just want you to go out against them. It's not your battle. It's my battle, but I'm not letting you stay in the camp and do nothing. Tomorrow, advance. Tomorrow, advance. Go out against them. But take instruments and sing and praise me because I'm going to fight your battles for you. Notice, Judah, which was the tribe that went first, they couldn't stay behind and sit on the couch and say, God, thanks for fighting our battles. We'll see you when you get back. No, he said, advance, advance, go out against them today, tomorrow, go out against them. Go out against them. And the next day, what did they do? They obeyed. They advanced. <clears throat> they advanced. They were just obedient to advance. Whew, hallelujah. Move forward and watch God fight your battles for you. Move forward and watch God fight your battles for you. Last year were biggest steps of faith we've ever taken in our life and ministry. And in the natural, the, the, the devil tries to tell you, oh, I don't know how you're going to accomplish that. I don't have to accomplish it. It's not my vision. It's God's vision. I didn't ask to do all this. The Lord set me here. The Lord set me here and he sent me here. <laughs> Hallelujah. And every God's blessed us so abundantly, you can't even explain it with natural words. You can't even figure it out. You can't figure it out. Number six, faith obeys. It doesn't just advance, it obeys instructions. It obeys commands, it obeys leadings, it obeys directions. That's number six, faith obeys. Faith obeys, simply obeys simply obeys hallelujah just does the, sometimes a thing looks little it looks little and you think well is this even an advancement but i mean it's it's such a small thing but even in small things god knows how to produce big things let me just give you one biblical example to open your spirit david wasn't king yet but he'd been anointed to be king and they're at war with the philistines and his dad says to him, listen, your brothers are fighting in the war. Do me a favor. Take some cheese. Take some bread. Go down. Take it to the captain. And then bring me back word on how your brothers are doing. That's a small thing. His dad wasn't asking him to go fight Goliath. His dad wasn't asking him to become a soldier. Just do me a favor. Transport this bread and cheese down to the battlefield. Give it to the captain. Check on your brothers and come back. Tell me how they're doing. Small thing. Now, David could have been filled with pride. If you don't remember, Dad, 
Samuel showed up at your house. You didn't even call me in from the field. You had my other seven brothers, but you didn't call me. And then he said, it's none of those. Don't you have any more sons? And you had to call this man out of the field because I'm the one God's looking for for king of this nation. I ain't carrying no bread and cheese. No, he didn't do any of that. David had no pride. It was a small instruction. It seemed insignificant, but he did it anyway. And when he did, that small instruction was simply transportation to his next level promotion. Think about the fact that if David would not have carried cheese and bread to the captain of the guard, he would not have showed up at the battlefield. And if he would have not showed up at the battlefield, he'd have never heard Goliath speaking and mocking the Most High God. And if he never heard that, his faith could not be offended by it. And if his faith wasn't offended by it, he would not have moved forward to kill the giant. And if he didn't get move forward to kill the giant, there's no victory for Israel. And if there's no victory for Israel, then people can't start singing his name and get and recognizing his identity. Bread and cheese brought him into a place of championship. Think about that. Small instruction. Don't despise the day of small beginnings, for the Lord is happy to see the work begin. Amen. If you're faithful over a little, I'll make you ruler over much. Glory to God. Faith obeys. No matter how small the instruction looks from God, faith obeys. Faith obeys. I didn't have any, I mean, I started, I told you early on in my life, I started playing the keyboard and, uh, For a long time, if you read that book on Hang Your Harp, you'll know what I'm talking about. I had a a serious insecurity about my singing and playing. I I just kind of was of the mind that like, you know, I'm just a placeholder until somebody good comes along. And then my youth pastor asked me to step up and start leading worship in our youth group. I was a small thing. Our youth group had maybe 30 people in it. It It's a small thing. I'm not standing on a stage in front of thousands. But think about it. If I would have not stepped up and obeyed to obey a small instruction and to come in there every single week and be faithful to set up hours ahead of time, practice with the band, stay late, wrap all the cords, set everything aside, clean up the room, and faithful over little, then now, as we're standing here in 2024, I have been all over the world. I have stood on stages with thousands and thousands of people in front of me and sang and led thousands and thousands of people in worship and praise. I've seen miracles take place as we're worshiping and praising. I've seen every level. I've watched demons come out as we're praising and worshiping. I've seen healings. I've seen deliverances. I've seen everything happen, but I've seen those larger levels. I've watched it happen in this country and other countries. I've watched, I mean, I've told you the story. I've praised witches out of crusades. I've literally praised God until witches, a whole coven of witches had to leave a crusade. None of that would have been available if I would have not done one small thing, and that's to lead praise and worship in front of 30 high school students and wrap cords and hang them back on the wall. Faithful over little, I'll make you ruler over much. It looks like a small instruction at first, but you don't know what it's unlocking. Hallelujah. You don't know what it's unlocking, what God's about to do through your obedience. Faith obeys. And finally, faith increases. 
faith increases. Faith increases. Faith increases. Faith increases. I want you to get it in your spirit. Faith calls for increase. We're going from faith to faith, from grace to grace. You may start small, but you're not going to stay small. You may start small, but you're not going to stay small in Jesus' name. In fact, let me prophesy to you, this is the smallest you'll ever be in Jesus' name. This is the smallest you'll ever be in Jesus' name. This is the least you'll ever be in Jesus' name. That's a good way to say it, Gabriel. Any man can count the seeds in an apple, but God can count the apples in a seed. It's a great way to say it. Great way to say it. Any man can count the seeds in an apple, but God can count the apples in a seed. Powerful. This is the smallest you'll ever be. Faith increases. Faith increases. Hallelujah. Faith increases. Jesus, even, even Jesus, increased in wisdom and stature. Your wisdom is going to another level. Your favor is going to another level. Your production is going to another level. Your impact is going to another level. Your giving is going to another level. Every area of your life, the manifestations of God's power are going to another level. Faith increases. It always increases. You may start small, but you'll not end small. Hallelujah. You may start small, but you'll not end small. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Go with me to Jeremiah chapter 30. I'll give you this before we pray. And I understand the context of this passage, by the way. Speaking of Israel, speaking of Jude, I get all that, but I want you to look at it. I want you to look at the wording. Because God's nature is God's nature. God's word is his word. Hear that, Brian. Smallest you'll ever be. Your ministry's expanding in 2024. Your impact is expanding in 2024. The manifestations of God's power on your ministry are expanding in 2024. The doors are opening in 2024. Receive it, Brian. This is the smallest you'll ever be. Partners are coming in 2024. God's opening up a way in 2024. It's the smallest you'll ever be. Again, I understand that this is Old Testament. This is Prophet Jeremiah. I understand who he's speaking about, but I just want you to hear the verbiage. Jeremiah 30 in verse 19. Actually, let's read 18 and 19. Get the thought together. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will restore the fortunes of the tents of Jacob and have compassion on his dwellings. The city shall be rebuilt on its mound and the palace shall stand where it used to be. Out of them shall come songs of thanksgiving and the voices of those who celebrate I will multiply them, and they shall not be few. I will make them honored, and they shall not be small. Glory to God. 
In fact, I'll keep on reading. Verse 20, their children shall be as they were of old, and their congregation shall be established before me. I'll punish all that oppress them. Their prince shall be one of themselves. Their rulers shall come out of their midst instead of being ruled by other nations. I'll make him draw near, and he shall approach me. For who would dare of himself to approach me, declares the Lord. And you shall be my people, and I will be your God. Speaking of Judah, speaking of the people of Israel. But I want you to understand something. Paul's the one who declared that a true Jew is one who's been circumcised in the heart, not circumcised of the flesh. We are now, because we belong to Christ, we're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So let me just tell you something. If God was willing to honor them under a worse covenant with worse promises, and now Hebrews chapter 8, we've got a better covenant established upon better promises, don't tell me that God would honor them and they shall not be small and God's not going to honor us and we will not be small. I'm telling you, it's the smallest you'll ever be. This is the smallest your business will ever be. This is the smallest your ministry will ever be in the name of Jesus Christ. This is the smallest your finances will ever be in the name of Jesus Christ. Faith increases. And we're increasing steadily under open heavens throughout 2024. Glory to God. We are increasing steadily under open heavens throughout 2024 by the power of the Holy Ghost. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Faith increases. Faith goes to the next level. Faith goes to the next level. That's going to be my story. That's going to be your story. I like that. Tammy said, the only difference between in me and Old Testament to me is that they were headed to, to the cross, but I'm walking away from it is finished. I'm grafted in and in Christ. That's right. That's right. I like it, Joanne. We're trending upward. Trending upward. She put the graph emoji on. We're trending upward. Why? Because he's not going to allow us to be small. This is the smallest we'll ever be in Jesus' name. Your business is increasing, your ministry is increasing, your family is increasing, your finances are increasing, your rest is increasing, your strength is increasing, your vision's increasing, manifestations of God in your life are increasing. Thank you, Jesus. Faith increases. Faith increases. So, Father, we come to you today in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you that our faith is increasing. Just from this broadcast today, Lord, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I give you honor, glory, and praise that right now our faith has increased to another level just in this last hour and 15 minutes. I thank you. The word has come into us and taken our faith higher to another place. And as we seek your face during these 21 days of fasting and prayer, I give you praise and glory and honor ahead of time that you're already working behind the scenes. You're already doing what nobody else can do. And by the time we come to the end of this month, we're in perfect position for promotion in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. We thank you for your power on display in the Victory Tribe, in Miracle Word Church, your power on display. Lord, I pray that even as our television broadcasts are being viewed all over the world, that the gospel that's preached will strike conviction in the hearts of men and women. 
that souls will come into the kingdom through the preaching and teaching of your word through these TV broadcasts. Let more and more people not only pray that prayer of salvation, but let us see them discipled through our online discipleship program. Let them connect to this ministry. Let them take their next steps in Christ and mature in the things of God. Father, I pray you'd blow your breath from heaven, blow souls in from every direction in West Palm Beach. I pray that we would make an impact like we've never made in the history of our ministry. Let this be a year of impact under open heavens. Let this be a year of revival under open heavens. Let this be a year of breakthrough under open heavens in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, strengthen us to do your work. We declare we'll not grow weary in well-doing. But we who wait upon the Lord shall renew our strength. We'll mount up with wings like eagles. We'll run and not grow weary. We shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah. We shall run and not grow weary. We shall walk and not faint in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, I thank you that today you're moving on us. Today as we seek you, today as we pray, today as we fast, I pray that you would heal people of every sickness, every disease, every wicked thing sent by the enemy to slow them down, to take them out. We declare you will live and not die. Lord, for every person, every single person that's gotten a bad report from the doctor that said it's too late, to handle these things. It's too late. There's nothing we can do. We declare today they will live and not die in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. They will live and not die by the Holy Ghost. We remove every death sentence. Be healed in Jesus' name. And we thank you for that. Lord, there are people that are launching ministries this year. Lord, we, there are people that are launching ministries this month. I ask that you'd put the force and heaven's momentum behind them as they get ready to launch their ministries in this month of January. In Jesus' wonderful, powerful name. I pray that the fire of the Holy Ghost would fill their ministries. There are people that are launching businesses this month. I pray that the fire of heaven would be upon that business. Lord, raise up businesses and business owners that would do the work of the kingdom, that would be pillars of generosity in the kingdom of God, that you'll bless them so abundantly that they'll be able to fund this end time harvest of souls. In the name of Jesus Christ, do what only you can do. I thank you that you'll increase us and you'll honor us and we will not be small. You said in your word, those that honor you, you will honor. Those that honor you, you will honor. And so Lord, let us see the results of your honor and your favor on our lives, even in this month of January, in Jesus' wonderful name. We give you thanks. We give you praise for what you're doing. We give you all the glory today. And we say aloud, amen. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.